set us on a trajectory that can prove to alter our life. Praise God. One more time, why don't you put your Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to help us to receive the word, the good word of the Lord tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that your word would be in my mouth as a two-edged sword. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your word is quick and powerful. Lord, it divides, it separates. Lord, I pray that your word would divide and separate between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow tonight. In the name of Jesus, let your word do a deep and a powerful work in our spirit tonight in this place. Lord, we will receive the word of the Lord. We will live according to the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for your word. One more time, clap your hands unto the Lord and give him great praise. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to read, um, as you're seated in, in Psalm 18, a few verses of Scripture beginning with verse number 36. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. Praise God. It's the will of God for every one of us to walk in complete and total victory. And I was teaching on uh, Tuesday nights um, and have kind of gone in this direction a little bit, but uh, the only battle that you can fight is the one that is directly in front of you. Uh and what I mean by that is if you have not won the internal battle, God does not give you an opportunity to fight against any uh, wicked force in the atmosphere that is beyond uh, yourself if you have not conquered yourself yet. Um, a boxer does not get a shot at the title just because he requests a shot at the title. He's got to win enough matches to gain enough credibility and have a good enough record to even be considered to fight, to even be considered to step in the ring with whoever the current champ is. Uh, just because a boxer declares himself uh, professional does not mean he gets a chance or even an opportunity to be a, a champion. He's got to have enough wins and have a record that is uh, enough to give him the credibility for the champ to give him the opportunity for the fight. Um, and every, everything that we deal with in life, every battle that we face, um, we, we, can only, we can only 
fight that which is in front of us. And I, I feel like tonight the Lord wants to maybe give us a little bit of revelation and help us. Um, and like Bishop has said many times, we may not shout about it tonight, but we'll shout about it later. Um, you came back tonight because you're hungry. And the Lord wants to deal tonight with the hungry. He wants to help the hungry. If you're hungry for the Lord, uh, for more of God, for Him to help you live for Him, He will do that. Uh, but in order for us to prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God, we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Before, before we prove the will of God, before we completely obey the will of God and do the will of God, there's got to be a transforming work that is done in our mind. <clears throat> there's got to be transformation that happens. And um, the Lord wants to help us to do that tonight. Something that has been fascinating to me that it doesn't seem there is as much attention drawn to it as uh, World War II is World War I. Uh, World War I, uh, you, we, probably most of us could, could rattle off a lot of different statistics or, or places. There were, there were famous battles or um, the history of World War II. Not a lot of us know as much about World War I for whatever reason. It's, I don't want to say it's as more popular, but um, it, it, there's a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more history out there about World War II. Um, but World War I was a, a, a very interesting war. It was right at the turn in history where, uh, it, it, where, where technology was advancing, but at the same time, it was it was kind of right in the middle. For example, uh, World War One was an absolute bloodbath for the reason that there was uh, so many horses that were involved in the battle. Uh, right about this time, they had uh, machine guns and and artillery and and tanks, but some of them were still riding horses into battle, even though there were giant tanks on the battlefield. It was a very interesting time as history was progressing. And um, warfare was changing. Uh, before then, uh, for example, in the Revolutionary War, the way that they fought war then, it leaves us scratching our head because it was the craziest thing. They'd line up in a line. Uh, or in the Civil War, uh, it, which took place in the 1860s, they would line up in a line in front of each other and just shoot each other. Now, that seems like the dumbest way to fight a war. But at that time, that's just the way they did it. And until there was invented what is called guerrilla warfare, uh, where they would shoot and run and hide. And this was, uh, 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 by many, viewed as a cowardly way to fight. Uh, well, if I'm going to be out there with a gun in my hand, I'm going to take the cowardly way to do it. I'm going to shoot, and then I'm going to run, and I'm going to hide, and I'm going to try and shoot you again uh, if, if I've got to do it. But um, warfare was changing in the world, and it was, it was um, at that time period in history, um, in World War I, where they were just uh, 55, uh, 60 years removed from the Civil War, <coughs> that warfare in the world was right at a turning point. 
And uh, many of you, most of you know, one of the most famous things about World War I was the trenches that they dug um, in Europe. And uh, they, uh, trench warfare was one of the most miserable um, things uh, for a soldier to endure. Matter of fact, they would only leave those soldiers in the trenches for a maximum of seven days at a time because it was so mentally uh, exhausting and emotionally exhausting and just uh, the strain on a soldier being in those wet, muddy trenches. Uh, when it rained, it rained and, and, and it, it was just a, an absolute muddy mess and those men would get what is called trench foot their feet being wet for days and days on end, and it would contribute to the decline of their health. Uh, there was disease. There was uh, there was viruses. There was all the kind. The sickness was in the trenches, and uh, it was just it was an absolute mess. And they would dig these trenches in, and uh, they would be at a standoff for a good period of time. And um, what? What the enemy would try to do is find the coordinates of the distance of those trenches and they would fire artillery and try their best to, 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 to bombard those trenches and to, and to break them up that way. And, the, and they dug the trenches in such a way, they didn't dig them in a straight line, but they dug them at certain angles as to help protect them. And there was a, 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 um, a, a reason for them doing that. But these men would get in the trenches and uh, what is not as known is that there would be men that would they would know that the uh, the the German trench was three four hundred yards away, and so there would be men that would get in the trenches and they would begin to dig tunnels towards the other trench, uh, seven or eight nine feet down, and they would begin to dig trenches and they would try to poke a hole through from one trench to the enemy's trench and try to get in that way and and sometimes there would be uh, men from each army. Uh, that were doing the same thing, that would unknowingly and accidentally dig the trench right together and they would be face to face with their enemy and they would fight it out with a small shovel right there in the middle of that tunnel. It was a very, very uh, uh, brutal and a, in a very brutal war and uh, a lot of interesting things about World War One. what many people uh, didn't, they didn't know until later there was one point in time on Christmas Day where they waved a white flag on Christmas Day and they both came out and they had uh, Christmas together. The, the, the enemy, the, uh, the Axis and Allied powers, they came out and, they, and they, they had Christmas together for one day. And then the next day they went back and they resumed their fighting. But they, they, they did that because they were so miserable uh, in, the, in their current state in this, in this war. And they had this one day of, of reprieve um, and they went back to fighting. But the, 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 the strategy of World War I is for a good period of time they dug the trenches in and they were there. They would go days, weeks, and even months without advancing. Just dug in to the trench. And... There will be a few shots fired. There may be a few, uh, a, a few uh, uh, times where the enemy rushed the other side, but then they would retreat back to their trench. It was their safe place, where, even though it was muddy and it was disease-ridden and it was uh, uh, full of men who now we would call it PTSD. Back then they called it shell shock. 
You ever heard that term? It comes from World War I because they would be stuck in the trenches and those artillery shells would be, they would be shelling those trenches and it would have the psychological effect, mental effect upon these soldiers in the trenches and uh, they, would, they, would, they would go into shock where they could not move and it was a very brutal war. But just like these Forces in World War One at that time had dug into a trench and they had they had entrenched themselves uh, and and formed a line and and there would there would there would go long periods of time where there would not be any advancement it would just be a standoff. Uh, they, they could hide in the trench without being uh, without the, the fear of being shot at for a lot of the time, but they knew the enemy was there. They would try their best to sleep at night to get as much rest as they could, but they knew the enemy was entrenched just a short distance away from them. And they knew that sooner or later they were going to be faced with a decision. That they were going to have to climb the ladder out of that trench and possibly face uh, the the possibility of being mowed down by an opposing machine gun or by a force that was ready to take them on. Uh, But the the trench warfare set them up and and, and it it was a standoff. It was much like the children of Israel as Goliath would come out and he would roar. They would come out of their tents every day and they would stand in a line and they would be against the Philistines and Goliath would come out and he would taunt the the children of Israel and he would mock them and he would make fun of them and he would call for someone to come and fight. They they had yet to oppose each other. They had yet to, to meet in the valley but they had to get up every day knowing that their adversary was right there. There are some of you here tonight that your adversary is there. And there has been somewhat of a standoff. You haven't really bothered him and he hasn't really, really bothered you. But you know that he's there. You may, you may not really even know that he's there, but let me tell you tonight that there are some of you here tonight that have battled certain things that have been entrenched in your life. That every once in a while it kind of rears its head and lets you know that it's still there. It may be a besetting sin of which you quickly ask the forgiveness of God for. But there is a difference the Bible lets us know in asking God's forgiveness and repentance. See, what God wants us to do, or what is necessary for us, is to identify those things in our life that have become entrenched in our life that we have not yet taken a shovel and dug them out. There are things that can take root in your life right now in, in, in our driveway, right? Before our driveway, there's these three little bushes, and I don't know what kind of bu- what they're exactly called. And um, we have a, I believe it's a maple tree in our front yard that apparently one of the seeds has gotten down into that flower bed. And it was last year 
that I noticed it began to grow. And I went out there expecting to just pull it up real fast. About threw my back out. Something that was about 12 inches or 18 inches tall, I realized very quickly that the root system was much deeper than I anticipated. And it's still there now. You know why? Because I, I just pulled the leaves off of it and kind of cut, cut the stem off. But you know what? I've waited probably about 12 months, and I knew when I took the quick and easy way out of getting rid of it, I knew that this problem is only going to get worse. Because I took what was on the surface and I got rid of what was on the surface. But I did not take the time to dig out the root system. You see, what I realized is that root system is deep enough. When I go to digging, I'm not going to be able to maintain all the other little bushes like they are right now. It's going to be possibly be a good little mess by the time it's all said and done. But sooner or later, I've got to make a decision. I've got to decide whether or not I want this root system to keep growing, which is going to get thicker, which is going to get deeper, which is the, the root system is going to grow out more. It's going to get wider. And it's going to be worse, uh, uh, more of a mess by the time I finally get in there with a shovel and I dig it out. See, there is a difference in asking God for forgiveness and truly coming to a place of repentance where I dig out what is underneath the surface which causes me to keep going back to what I've gone back to. I want to read from Hebrews chapter 12. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau. Who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. What this is telling us is just because I boohoo and cry over something I've done, doesn't necessarily mean I have dug out the root system of my behavior. We live in a world where psychologists and psychiatrists want to deal uh, with our behavior, the behavior of people, because that's all they can deal with. They cannot deal with the inner man. They cannot deal with the human spirit. I, I took a, 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 a class, psychology class in, in, um, in, in college, and, and, I, and I remember asking this question just to make sure it was very, very clear. 
uh, when uh, the teacher was talking about what uh, the, the world deals with, and I said, just to make sure that, 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 that they, they do not try to deal with the inner man. He said, that's absolutely right. They only try to deal with the behavior of man. That's why medicine is described, prescribed to people to deal with their behavior on the outside. We can change your behavior, then then it won't be a nuisance to everybody else. Because the Bible says that a root of bitterness can defile many. What's growing in my life doesn't just affect me, but it affects my family. It affects those around me. The the things that I allow in my life or may be there do not just affect my mind or my actions, but my actions affect those that are closest to me. But what, what caught my attention is the story of Esau here, how he realizes what a mistake he has made. And the Bible says he sought repentance. He found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. He knew and felt the remorse for what he had done, but never managed to change who he was. There is a difference in having remorse for my actions or what I have fallen into or given given myself to. But it's a whole different issue. When I make up my mind, I'm going to remove whatever is beneath the surface that causes me to go back to what I keep going back to. You've got to take a shovel, a spiritual shovel if you will. And take the time and say, I'm going to remove everything underneath the surface. If I've got to dig a big nasty hole in my life, I'm going to find the bottom of what it was that caused me to react the way that I do. And I'm going to dig it out of my life. That's how you live for God for the long term. That's how you overcome. I read in Psalm 18 where it says, where it talks about my enemies. Let me go back and read again Psalm 18 and 36. And I know I'm plowing here for just a little bit tonight. And we may do so for a few minutes. But hear me, the Lord's going to speak to us and the Lord will help us. And I believe the Lord's going to really reveal some things to us tonight. Psalm 18 Again in verse 36, thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn again till they were consumed. There's got to be something in our spirit. You've got to make up in your mind that you are going to become determined and you are going to become focused until every adversary in your life is absolutely consumed. Mechanically, what does that mean? That means I'm going to pursue after it. When I get up on Monday, when I spend time in prayer, I'm going to spend focused prayer. God, I've struggled with this in my life and I'm coming to 
to take a few hacks at the tree again today. I've come today to take a few more shovels of, of dirt and remove it in my quest to get that root system out of my life that keeps springing up and bringing me to a place that I don't want to be. The enemies of your life may be vastly different across this congregation. But the only way that you become an overcomer is you get real and honest with yourself and identify those things. And if you don't know where it comes from, that's where you begin to pray, God, I need to know why I keep falling into the same thing I'm falling into. I, I need to know why I'm struggling with this in my emotions. I need to know why I'm struggling with this in my attitude. I need to know why I need you to help me. God will help you, but it's not going to be just one trip to the altar on a Sunday morning and, and then hope everything goes away. I'm talking about a process, a process of digging out a root system that somebody uh, left a seed in your life. It may have been your father, your mother, a, a grandfather, a stepdad, a stepmother, a, 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 an aunt, an uncle, a brother, or sister that they sowed a seed in your life and you didn't understand they were putting a seed in your heart and, and unknowingly that seed grew until now there is something developed in your life and it just seems like there's a block between you and God and you don't know where it's coming from. I'm going to tell you that as soon as you begin to pray, God, I need your help with these areas in my life. I need you to bring enlightenment and revelation of why I may be continually falling into this area. God will begin to show you things and help you to overcome. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of mine enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. What has been planted in your life? It may be something that you allowed in at some time. It may be something that was planted in you as a child doesn't matter ultimately it's not about it being your fault or not being your fault it's that's not the point the point is there's got to be something with some self-reflection and some uh, uh, some self-examination where I look in the mirror and say God I'm dealing with this and I, and I'm tired of apologizing for it Apologizing is good. Asking the Lord to forgive you is good. But asking the Lord to forgive me and taking my little spiritual shovel and start digging underneath the surface of the soil of my life are two totally different things. There's a, one, one of them is saying, Lord, I want my conscience to be momentarily clear. The other says, I'm going to defeat this. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to get this out of my life so I no longer have to deal with this. That's how you become more than a conqueror. That's how you become an overcomer is you see these areas of your life that may not line up to the word of God or, or that may cause you to stumble or that may cause you to be slowed down or that may cause you to be distracted or that may cause you your emotions to be affected and say, God, if, I, if I'm going to live for you, I've got to get this completely eradicated from my life. 
I know, folks, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's embarrassing to people. And they don't want nobody to know. And this is not about embarrassing nobody. Don't misunderstand me tonight. But it's possible for somebody full of the Holy Ghost or uh, having spoken tongues and has the Holy Ghost to get mad start cussing at somebody. Now, it's a good thing to repent after you started cussing at somebody. I'm glad you repent. Or I'm glad that you asked for forgiveness. But there's got to be something within your spirit that says, why do I keep doing this? God forgives. He does. But you're going to do the same thing over again until you repent. And I'm not looking at somebody and say you, you, uh, the, the true meaning of, the, of, of what repentance is. Repentance isn't just a quick prayer that I pray. Repentance is a change of lifestyle to where I do what is necessary to change what I've been doing wrong. God, can't, God cannot and does not make anybody repent. That's on us. When I get frustrated and I tell somebody off, you can go ask them to forgive you. Hey, I shouldn't have said that like that, you know. And you go, Lord, please forgive me. Okay, that's great. That should be done. But there's got to be something with us that says, okay, I'm seeing a pattern here. And I'm not just interested in God forgiving me. But I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get this out of my life so I don't keep coming back to this place. And what you've got to do, you've got to realize is this isn't just a matter of, oh, Lord, forgive me. But this is a matter of I've got, I've got to get my shovel in my hand. And I've got to get down underneath the surface. You can deal with the surface all day long, just like I, I have currently ignored the root system of that tree uh, a seed that has been embedded in the front of my house there. That eventually I'm going to have to that I'm going to have to get one of these out, and I'm going to have to dig it up because it's not going to go away just because I clipped it off at the surface. get caught in a situation that requires integrity and you lie no you're not supposed to lie but you'll lie you'll know it's wrong when it's coming out of your mouth and then you oh God forgive me God forgive me God forgive me and I'm glad that you I'm glad that that is your response that's good but there's got to be self-examination that comes down and says okay why do I keep doing this and then you got to come to the next point where you say, I am going to fix this in my life. I, like this is what I'm going to set my focus. That this is not going to happen again. Constantly offended. And then you get over your emotions and and then something else is said or done or, 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 or perceived a certain way. I'm talking about things that you can, you can ask God for, for forgiveness on the surface. And we, we should ask for forgiveness. But there's got to be a digging down that says, I am going to get this right if it's the last thing I do. 
If there's something standing between me and a closer walk with Jesus Christ, I'm going to get the shovel out and I'm going to dig deeper. I, 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 I'm going to put my focus on these areas that have beset me. I'm going to put my focus on these areas that have caused me to be slowed down, that have caused me not to have any forward progress in my walk with God and in my relationship with God. There, I, I know that there are people under the sound of my voice right now that you want to be used of God. You love God, but there are things in your life that have embedded themselves and you haven't figured it all out yet. It may not have even dawned on to you possibly until tonight that there might have been a seed sowed in your life by somebody, something somebody said that you believed it and you took the bait and it, and it grew it grew a root system in your life and you can only come so close to a move of God. It's a struggle and it's a battle for you to even get a touch from God and then once you get it you kind of drift back into where you were it's because there's something that is embedded in the in the in the soil of your heart I don't know what it is but the Lord will reveal it to you and the Lord will help you he's not here to embarrass you he's not here to point you out in front of everybody he's here to talk to your spirit in your mind and begin to reveal it to you hey there's something here that that God wants to help you with there's something here that God wants to reveal to you that if you'll begin to get your spiritual shovel out and you'll begin to dig into the soil of your heart you can dig the root system out and you can be changed forever lack of submission may have been a seed sown in your life there may have been somebody in your life and I've known it's been it's been a common tale Somebody demanded respect, while on the other hand, they were doing things underneath the surface that compromised everything that they were saying on one side. Yeah, that, 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 that can cause things to grow in your spirit, things that weren't even necessarily your fault, that weren't your fault. Someone else's behavior could have caused a, a mindset to creep in or a way of thinking to creep into your spirit. You may have been too young and too impressionable to understand what was going on, but because of the actions of somebody else, you may have developed a way of thinking towards authority. And your natural way of thinking without even uh, 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 consciously understanding what you're thinking is, authority is fake. And so when an instruction is given, there's something in your spirit that burrs up and that bows up. You don't want to be that way. You're not trying to be that way, but there's just something that's there. There's just something that's there. Well, God is going to help you. He's going to give you the ability to be able to look at these areas of your life and say, Lord, I'm going to dig this out, but I don't even know how to start, where to start, and I need your help. But guess what? God's going to help you. He's going to help you to identify maybe these areas of your life that have, been, that have beset you and that have held you back and that have been a stumbling block to you. And, and, and you, you try to advance, but you just can't advance. You, you want to be a part, but something just holds you back. God's going to help you. something there that when it's time for the altar call you head the opposite direction I, I, I don't know I, I, God didn't call me to be a policeman and a detective every time you go to the gas station those lottery tickets 
And it's a real struggle. It's a real for real struggle. Or the, the cigarette rack just jumps out at you. It's a real struggle. You're wanting to do right. You're wanting to make right decisions. But there's things that are just that that have that have got a grip on you. But just like he saw, many people have sought it with tears. And thought that their tears was what was going to change it, but the tears didn't change it. Esau sought repentance carefully with tears and didn't find it. There's a difference between remorse and repentance. Now, you must be remorseful, but it's possible to be remorseful and not be repentant. Repentance says, I'm going going to utilize the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. And I'm going to dig down below the surface. I, I, I don't know what, what it is in your life. It's not my business to know everything that's going on in people's lives. The less I know, the better. But it's possible for seeds to be sown in somebody's life somewhere along the way. Whether it's because you gave in to a sin that took a hold of you or because of circumstances in your life that were not your fault, that were beyond your control where something was thrust upon you and it embedded itself in your heart and it's been back and forth ever since, up and down ever since, going back to the same struggle and you cry and you ask God to forgive you and wonder why it's not going away. Somebody's going to get a hold of something in their, in their spirit tonight. Tonight is going to begin the process for somebody. You're going to look at your life and you're going to be examining things and say, I'm sick and tired of getting offended when people say something to me. I'm sick and tired of of, of feeling a certain way of my emotions controlling me. I'm sick and tired of dealing with this addiction or this setback. I'm sick and tired of of, of struggling with with a a lack of integrity. I'm I'm sick and tired of uh, uh, dealing with a a, a foul mouth at times and my anger and my, my bad temper getting a hold of me. heard more times than I can remember people with a bad attitude. Well, oh, I'm Irish. Yeah, well, so am I. Come to find out. I went to Ireland a few years ago and come to find out, man, I, these people, I have nothing in common with these people. They're a bunch of drunks here in Ireland. They just want Guinness and they want to hang out in the street and drink. Man, take me to America. I can excuse away. I can excuse away all day why I act the way I do. But the truth of it is, is there is a, there's a root somewhere in my life that somebody watch somebody say the wrong thing to me and I'll just, I'll just rip, rip their head off and chew them out and give them a piece of my mind. God wants to do a work in your life. God wants you to take that shovel, the power of the Spirit, On Monday, on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then when the Holy Ghost is moving in here on a Tuesday night or a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, I'm not going to run from the altar. But I'm going to go straight. I'm going to be the first one there. You know why? Because i got some junk to dig out. When there's a surge of anointing in this place, 
We often say it like this, the waters of trouble get in. Yeah, because when we come together, there's such power in unity together that much can be accomplished in just a few moments' time. It's, it, it is possible to do it by yourself, and that is a necessary part of it, but it's a lot harder to do it when you're on your own. But when God is moving together in a place... That's the time we say, okay, I'm not going to let this altar call pass me by. I'm not going to let this move of God pass me by because i got junk under the surface that I've got to get rid of. I've got things in my life that need to be dealt with. I've got things in my life that I've got to confront. God wants to take some of you deeper. And the answer to what you've been desiring is not way out in front of you. It's right under your feet. Just right there. got to get the shovel it's time to quit clipping off what's on the surface and dealing with what's on the surface because it's going to come back rest assured God designed trees and plants that you can clip off what's on the surface but if there's a root system there do I have a problem with trusting other people? Or do I, do I think that my brothers and sisters are constantly talking about me behind my back? It may not be that they're talking about you behind your back. It may be that there was something sowed into your life a long time ago that you're suspicious of everybody that gets close to you. God wants you to take this. Say, okay, I'm going to quit blaming it on everybody else. I'm going to quit looking everywhere else. And saying everyone else is the problem. I'm not saying that people don't have problems with other people. I'm not saying that. But I, I, I've, I was thinking about this today, and they're not here, uh, uh, so I'm going to talk about him. But uh, I've had many conversations with Brother Marsh. He's probably watching. He probably got a kick out of that. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations with Brother Marsh, and, and he's uh, many times, and many of you have probably heard the testimony of the things that the Lord has done in his life. And how the Lord has set him free from so many things uh, going back a, a long time. And he, he, he told me this numerous times. He said, I got to the place where I quit blaming everybody else and it was something rose up in my spirit no matter what the situation no matter what the situation was I just begin to tell myself I'm the problem and I'm going to let God fix me and there's a part of me that says well I'm not going to blame myself for everything well there, there, there's a power instead of looking at everybody else and saying Lord I'm going to I can't change what everybody else does I can't change the response of everybody else I can't change the actions of other people but God I am going to let you make me in your image when you get done with me I'm going to look more like you because I got sick and tired of dealing with what was on the surface and just asking you to forgive me for my repetitive behavior and I'm going to quit trying to deal with the behavior and I'm going to go after maybe the wound that was that, that's deep in my heart after the, the trouble that was sown in my heart by somebody that said something to me and I believed it and I bought it and I went with it and it formed a root system and, and formed a way of thinking in my life. We've got to dig below the surface. And ask ourselves, okay, I'm, I keep doing this. Why am I doing this? 
This is not a matter of saved or lost necessarily. This is a matter of my character being shaped to the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. I got things in my life right now that I've been asking the Lord, Lord, I'm struggling in this area in my life. And 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 I want I I I've got to allow you to fix me. I've got to allow you to help me. I've got to dig below the surface to figure out why my emotions act a certain way towards a certain thing. My emotions get going and I and, and and I don't have the peace of God in my heart. And it's not the peace of God reigning in my mind. I know it's not God. I've got to let God dig below the surface and confront things because I'm sick and tired of saying, oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, forgive me. Boo-hoo and cry a little bit. Oh God, forgive you. No, there comes a point in time where if I will take the time to dig below the surface and find the root and pull it all the way out, then I won't have to, de- then I won't have to deal with what is above the surface any longer. My repetitive back and forth, up and down behavior can come to an end if I will take the shovel and I will begin to deal with the real me let's lift our hands to the Lord and love him right now can we do that hallelujah hallelujah some of you are going to dig below the surface and get get to the root of the besetting sin some of you are going to get victory in the Holy Ghost God is going to help you he is going to help you he is going to help you Hallelujah. He's going to enlarge your steps that your feet do not slip. You're going to pursue after your enemy and you're going to overtake your enemy. And they are going to be consumed just like Psalm 18 says. Those things that come against you that prevent you from being victorious like you desire to be, you're going to consume them because you're going to dig down below the surface of your life and you're going to say this behavior is not acceptable. These things in my life are no longer acceptable. I will not live my life going back and forth and up and down and dealing with the same old, same old me. The same old me has got to die. The same old me has got to change it may be deliverance it may be inner healing it may be forgiveness that you have withheld from somebody it may be the fact that you have not committed to praying in the Holy Ghost and it might not be as big of a deal as you feel like it is I don't know but one way or another it's going to take you getting a shovel It's going to take you quit avoiding the altar and obeying every excuse that the enemy gives you of why you can avoid prayer. There's going to be a drawing to a place of prayer. There's going to be a drawing into the prayer room. There's going to be a drawing into the, into the realm of the spirit that you've never been in before. Hear me tonight that God is going to do a transforming work in your life. And, and it's not the will of God for you to get 15, 20, 30 years down the road and still be back and forth, up and down, dealing with the same thing. All because you just asked for forgiveness, but you never dug down below the surface. God wants to do a work in your life. He wants you to be stable and to walk in victory and your emotions not be one way one Sunday and your emotions be another way the next Sunday but for you to walk in complete victory and have clarity in your mind 
you do not unintentionally wind up victorious. Don't unintentionally or accidentally walked into victory. It don't happen like that. It may be for some of you just as simple as focusing. Matter of fact, I feel like there are those of you here tonight that what you have struggled with, and I don't even know what you've struggled with, but I can tell you right now there's something there under the surface that just drives you nuts, that holds you back. I don't know what it is. That's between you and the Lord. But this I can tell you, some of you, most of you probably, if you will just focus, you'll confront it. It won't be a big, long, drawn-out battle. See, the devil's a liar. Okay, we've established that. He wants to make you think like this is the biggest big deal you could ever deal with. This is going to take all of your energy. This is going to take all of your resource. This is going to be just, he's got you thinking he's as big and as bad as, as, as he can possibly be. And this is a big old issue. And some of you, victory wouldn't take you very long. But you got to come to the place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Where you're miserable being miserable. You've got to confront that which brings you back and forth, in and out, up and down. And say, I'm going to settle this once and for all. I'm going to dig this root out. Most of you or some of you here tonight, your shovel is really clean. But you need to get your spiritual shovel out. And when you're all done with it, it needs to be all dirty and nasty and, 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 and it looks like it's been put to use. It's time to start. If some of you just begin to really pray and fast and get on board with what the church is doing, you'd see a transformation begin to happen just by simply praying and fasting. Things that begin to break off of you. The book of Isaiah says, Is this not the fast which I have chosen to break the bands of wickedness? Some of it may be just that easy, but you got to commit and say, okay, I'm sick and tired of just dealing with the surface and, and asking God to forgive me because I sinned and asking God and then just breezing over it and going to next week. No, we're going to stop right here and we're going to deal with whatever it is in my life. I'm sick and tired of dealing with the same thing, whether it's just spiritual, being spiritually lethargic and disconnected. I don't know what the root is, but you know the Lord can help you understand what it is and the Lord can help you dig it out. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. This altar is open. If you want to come to the altar, that's completely up to you. I'm not going to beg anybody, make anybody. I'm not going to even really suggest it. I'm just, that's up to you. You got to make up your mind if you want it. If you don't, you're, God bless you. You're dismissed tonight. No hard feelings. I'm not going to be offended. But there's an altar with a shovel that's waiting on somebody to say, I'm going to dig this out. I am not going to live my life struggling with 
uh, unfaithfulness. I'm not going to live my life struggling with lack of integrity. I'm not going to live my life struggling with with dishonesty. I'm not going to live my life struggling with these things that I've struggled with. I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to dig it out. If I've got to forgive, I'm going to forgive. If I've got to go find somebody and talk to them and tell them I was offended at them, I don't care what it takes. I don't care how big the hole is. I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to deal with why I did what I did. Hear me, hear me tonight. I know you're some of you are praying, but hear me tonight. Here's, here's, if you can boil it all down to this. What you did is not as important as why you did it. I'll say that again. What the besetting thing is, is not as important as why. If I can figure out why I keep falling into this, if I can figure out why I keep being confronted with this, if I can figure out why I'm at a standstill, the what won't be a big issue. If I can deal with the why, the what will go away. Maybe somebody offended you. Maybe somebody said something in a way you didn't, that, that, that hurt your feelings, that, that, that cut you deep. You keep dealing with the what. God's trying to get you to the why. The why. Oh, what if we can lift our hands right now all over the building. I know some of you are kneeling right now, but I want you to lift your hands unto the Lord in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now, you're going to begin to reveal to us right now. You're going to open our understanding. Lord, we're going to deal with the why tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm not going to live like this all my life, but I'm going to dig out whatever root system is in my heart, whatever thing has grown in my life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody lift your voice tonight. You may leave feeling different tonight. You may leave feeling like God just gave you a good start tonight. But rest assured, God's going to do a work in this house tonight. Some of you are starting a process that's going to leave you different. Hallelujah, Lord, I'm not just sorry for having a bad attitude, but I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to weed this out of my life. I'm going to weed this out of my spirit. I'm going to get it out of there. I want us to stand right now. I want us to stand right now. I want us to gather around the front tonight.
There's a part of us. This is where it gets real. I want us to come in a little bit closer tonight. I'm not going to bite you, I promise. God's not interested in drawing a crowd as much as He's interested in building a church. And when I begin to deal with my Christian character and those things that hold me back, this is what will keep me from my life, for the rest of my life. God is going to take you from victory to victory. You're going to go from glory to glory. There are going to be things you're going to look back up in a year and realize that you haven't struggled with it, you haven't wrestled with it because God's done a work in your life. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now if you're hungry for the Lord tonight. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every barrier, every struggle, every fortress that is constructed, every root system that has dug deep into the lives of God's people. In the name of Jesus, I declare the victory of the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, we're going to dig these things out. I'm going to be different. Lord, I may not even know how to do what I'm doing. But in the name of Jesus, you're going to lead me. You're going to help me. I'm going to advance in the kingdom. I'm going to grow past this in the name of Jesus. Begin to declare it right now in the name of Jesus. He, Somebody make up in your mind right now. I'm going to deal with these issues. I'm going to overcome these issues in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to do it. I'm going to grow. If you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. The Spirit knows what to pray. The Spirit knows what to pray. I'm not going to struggle with the things I've struggled with. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to have integrity. I'm going to have a life that is pleasing to the Lord. I'm going to be submitted before God in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm not going to struggle with the same things. In the name of Jesus Christ, Hikaratalamaya. it. Somebody's making a decision right now. In the name of Jesus, there are decisions being made right now. I'm going to dig this thing out. I'm not going to avoid it any longer. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to deal with it right now. I'm going to begin the process of dealing with it right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. If you're not praying, reach over and put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Pray with somebody right now. There's powerful things that are happening right now in the name of Jesus. Lay hands on somebody right now in Jesus' name. I don't care how deep it has grown. It's going to be plucked up by the root in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, it's going to be plucked up by the root in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, a breakthrough is coming. A breakthrough is coming in your life. It's not going to hold you in Jesus' name.